शिला गुरुदेव की जय श्रीमन महाप्रभु की जय श्री हरि नाम संकीर्तन की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतन की जय श्री ब्राह्मर गीत की जय गौर भक्त वृंद की जय गौर प्रेमानंद हरिहरि सो प्रणाम गुड मॉर्निंग गुड आफ्टरनून गुड इवनिंग वट एवर यू मे बी एंड वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टूडे विद आवर सीरीज ऑफ लेक्चर्स कनेक्टेड टू ब्राह्मर गीत इन द कॉन्टेक्स ऑफ सिक्स मेन सॉन्ग्स sung by the gopis in the 10th canto of the bhagavatam as we always already mentioned so this brahmar git is on the 47th chapter of the 10th canto of bhagavatam but as we mentioned we are gradually building up to that particular section today our it's our second meeting and we will be continuing with an introduction trying to give further context and perimeter to the narrative of the bhagavat so we can arrive safely if you will to the brahmar git to such a high ecstatic emotional peak of the bhagavat and somehow or other stay alive afterwards and understand properly what's the content of that so for this we need certain context considerable context so it will be we will spend as i mentioned maybe five lectures given some introduction and then we will officially start with the brahmar git So let's make some brief recap of what we we started in our previous lecture first one where we made to begin with a brief introduction and summary about the first five gitas if we will sung by the gopis in the 10th canto of the bhagavat the venu gita the song of the flute sung in purvarag the pranaya gita the song of love when the gopis present the reasons why to stay with Krishna when he's sending them back home at the beginning of Rasalila the Jugal the Gopi Gita famous Gopi Gita when after Rasalila begins for the first time Krishna at one point disappears from them and the Gopi sang along with Radha in separation from Krishna then Jugal Gita the song of pairs which the Gopi sing every single day meeting Krishna during the night but now want to meet him along the day as well and eventually biraha gita which is the song sung by the gopis when krishna has been taken by akrura to mathura so in all these different gitas we have found different types of separation as we mentioned purvarag mam prem vaichitya pravas uh, i won't repeat in detail whatever we mentioned in the previous lecture uh, and in particular the last two biraha gita and the brahmar gita we will see have to do with krishna about to leave braj and already been outside of raj kona quote outside as we already were explaining so trying to give context to the this brahmar gita this la- first lecture we made we started to describe <clears throat> those chapters in the bhagavatam that we will find after the last song song which we mentioned the fifth one viraha gita and before reaching the brahmar gita the sixth song in between we have approx six chapters in the bhagavatam from 41 40 41 to 47 So we studied some of them last class to 41 to 44. Mm-hmm. Chapter 41 had to do with Krishna and Balaram entering into Mathura. <coughs> Once they arrived there, Akrura taking Krishna and Balaram to Mathura mm-hmm. and they visiting the city along with his friends, with their friends, with the Gopas who were joining them. How the different uh, inhabitants of Mathura glorified Krishna and Balaram. Remember after hearing about them 
for years, 11 years and a little bit more, Krishna staying in Braj, and this, mo most of this Mathura bus has not been able to visit Braj, but hearing about the exploits of Krishna in, in, in Braj. So now he is seeing him in person. And eventually Krishna find, meets a washerman from Kamsa, Kamsa's washerman, and Krishna Balan asks from him some clothes for wear, dressing themselves as kings along with her friends. He denies and starts to insult and threaten Krishna Balaram, so he's killed by Krishna. And they start to wear themselves the clothes of the king and play themselves as kings, as is typical between in the context of Sakya Rasa. Then Krishna Balaram found a weaver who was really favorable and he offered uh, ornamented Krishna with different clothes, ornaments made of clothes that he made. Mm. So then first we have the clothing, mm. Bastram. Then we have the Sringar, the ornamentation, Avaranam. Mm. And he was, he was, he received Sarupya, he was blessed. And then Garland Maker, Sudam, one of the many Sudam, Sudam Bipra, Sudam Gopa, and this Sudam, the Garland Maker, who offered some fragrant garlands to Krishna Balaram, his house, and he was thus also blessed. So in this way, Krishna showed this system. First, dressing, then ornamentation, then garland, Mal, Mal. Then we went to chapter 42, which was the breaking of the sacrificial bow, which began with Krishna meeting Kupja, which was a form of Prithivi, of Mother Earth, which was uh, hunchback, because of the representing the, 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 the care, she had to carry the weight of this corrupt governance, like uh, Kams and others. So she offered the typical, unique element coming from the earth, which is the aroma, in the form of ointments. Kupja was preparing them, so she offered that to Krishna eventually. He asked that from her, and he off she offered that. And she was made straight eventually, and became a beautiful woman. She invited Krishna for some romantic meeting, being attracted to him. Krishna said, later, I have some things to do now. So he goes to the arena, where this bow of Shiva was there, being worshipped, being protected. And they take the bow, and they break the bow half. And they start to kill all different guardians around the bow, which were, of course, Kamsa's guardians who were protecting the bow. Kamsa hearing all this at the distance. And at that night, all all these many things that happened on the very first day of Krishna Mathura, Kamsa was not able to sleep. Or if he was dreaming about Krishna <laughs> and seeing different um, indications about his eventual death. So next day, the wrestling match started that happens in the next chapter 43 which is called Krishna kills the elephant Kubalaya pit and it speaks about how Krishna and Balaram go to the arena everyone is there except for them so they are arriving there and Kubalaya pit this big elephant is on the gate not allowing them to enter and trying to kill them eventually Krishna kills Kubalaya pit by taking one of his tusks and killing him with that same tusk and he and Balaram enter one, each one of them, one of these tasks, along with his friends, into the arena. And everyone starts to glorify them and sing about them and repeat all the Brajalilas they heard in Mathura about them and so on. So, the last chapter we studied <coughs> in our previous lecture was chapter 44, called The Killing of Kamsa. That begins with Chanura Mustika, which were another wrestlers from Kamsa's group, fighting with Krishna and Balaram. And they are being killed, of course, and other wrestlers as well are being are killed by Krishna and Balaram. And Kamsa is not able to bear all this happening one moment after the other. So he orders stop all the music, stop all the celebration, because Krishna Balaram and the whole arena were celebrating their victory. 
and he orders you have to arrest all the Brajavasis you take to take all their properties. You have to put even my father Ugrasen into the jail and all this stuff. He's going really freaking out. So there's when Krishna jumps and eventually kills Kamsa without much fight. Sometimes they say they kill, he killed him by giving him some, you know, by a fear, by creating some fearful experience there. And he took him from his hair and he was moving him around the, the arena to show his death. And some brothers from Kamsa appear on his scene also and they are killed as well. So after this Krishna makes the funerary rites for his uncle, Kamsa was his uncle. And at one point after the cremation and all this was finished at the, at the on the shores of the Jamun in Mathura, he sits in Bishram Ghat, as we mentioned, the place for resting sometimes, called. And he started to remember about the Brajvasis and how they were crying for him in separation on the other side of the Jamuna in Braj. So both of them were crying, one side from Mathura, one side from Vrindavan, and their tears fell onto the Jamuna and met, joined together in the Jamuna, and they both parties felt some relief in that moment. And after this we finish, chapter 44 finishes describing how Krishna and Balaran uh, freed Vasudeva and Devaki from the prison cell they were in because of Kamsa, and how they find different mood in them because Vasudeva and Devaki, their Vatsali is such that they are aware at moments of Krishna's divinity, and this was a moment of that. So Vasudeva and Devaki, they were not embracing Krishna immediately like Nandan Jasoda was made do, but they were just offering pranam and taking some proper reverential distance, being quite aware he's Bhagavan. So Krishna was realizing further and further, I'm not in Braj here. <laughs> there is another prevalent mood in Mathura, different from Braj. It's not Vaikuntha, it's not Dwarka, but it's not Braj as well. So that's some ideas we were sharing in our previous meeting, first class. Chapters 41 to 44. So today, in our second meeting, introductory meeting, we will study chapter 45. Only this one chapter, we will indeed make a summary of it, but some interesting points are there to be shared in connection to what our Purvacharis have shared and some other complementary writings like Kupal Shampu and others who also share a parallel version of the Bhagavad narrative are being shown. So chapter 45 of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, called Krishna rescues his teacher's son. Actually, we will this topic will be just seen at the end, at the very end of our lecture, at the very end of the chapter. So as you know, every chapter of the Bhagavatam may have a title, but the content of the chapter in itself includes much more things than only what the title is indicating. But this may be one of the most remarkable events there, although for us Gaudias, as we will see, some other uh, situations are much more remarkable than this one in this case. So, connecting with the end of the previous chapter, again, Vasudeva and Devaki and their praying to Krishna folded hands aware of his divinity um, and Sri Krishna there, in order to facilitate a further nuanced expression of Vatsali expands Yoga Maya to cover his parents and facilitate, again, some level of Vatsali. Again, it will never be the same degree of parental affection that he found in Braj, but at least certain level of Vatsalya. Mm-hmm. He's in, in corresponding to Mathura, basically, and corresponding to the form of Vasudev Krishna outside of Braj in Mathura. There is a form of Vatsalya there, mm-hmm. similar to what Arjuna experienced with Krishna. He has an experience of Sakya, but in certain moments his Sakya 
goes to the background because of some overt expression of Aishwarya, like the Bishwarup or whatever. So, creating this divine illusion, Krishna and Balaram get closer to Vasudeva and Devaki and they start to express their gratitude and appreciation for all the things that Vasudeva and Devaki had to go through, staying in prison, so many things as we know. And they start to beg the excuse themselves, please pardon us, excuse us, because we were not able to enjoy our childhood with you. You were in jail, and we were in brach. <laughs> Quite a contrast. And we were not able to serve you as you deserve. You are our parents. Of course, again, we know that, yes, they are the parents of Vasudev Krishna and Sankarshan, Baladev, in Mathura. They are their parents, but Brajendranandan and Krishna and Baladev in Braj, there are some other parents there. Nandan just saw that that's the ultimate set of parents, especially for us Gaudiya. So they start to express, oh, we were not able to serve you properly to reciprocate at sons, and they start to emphasize the debt incurred in by a son with his parents. That's a classical Vedic and Dharmic, and I will say universal sense that we should have. No, and it is this mentioned in the Veda, the very moment that you are born in the world, you have so many debts, but not as something negatively, but so many positive debts, so many ways that you have to be committed to, take responsibility for, reciprocate with your parents, Bhagavan, society, so many things that will nourish you and facilitate your human birth in this particular case. So this is one of them, parents. So, after all these words by Krishna and Balaram, this kind of melts Vasudeva and Devaki's Aishwarya sensibilities and they, they, their Vatsalya starts to come to the fore. On, on the level it can come and they have embraced Krishna and Balaram in Mathura Vatsalya, if you will. Mathura-like Vatsalya, overwhelmed with emotion, overwhelmed with ecstatic love. Of course, it's a type of prem. We shouldn't also downgrade that, underestimate that. But again... It's diff different from Raj, and we Gaudias always will have that in, bear that in mind. So after this, after Vasudeva and Devaki have been freed, eventually Krishna installs Ugrasen, comes as father, in the throne in Mathura, as the king of the Jadus, although Ugrasen himself wanted Krishna to occupy such a throne, but Krishna dismissed that invitation, if you will, and instead established Ugrasen as the king of the Jadus. So everyone was very happy with this. Remember, Kamsa's uh, uh, kingdom, uh, the way of ruling, Kamsa's rule, ruling was quite a dictatorship. So at this point, it is said that Krishna brought back to Mathura many relatives from himself, from the Jadu dynasty, relatives from Kamsa and so on, which have fled from Mathura, have escaped from that because of fear of Kamsa, because of fear of his dictator regime. So all of them came back to Mathura and were very happy not only to be back in Mathura but were especially happy because of having Krishna every single day on a daily basis with them. That was the first time ever that was happening. So you can imagine their level of happiness which again is not the same as Braj but it, nonetheless it's something very incredible, ecstatic, joyful for them. So what's happening at this time in Vrindavan? Because again, for us, God, yes, okay, we, we do, we are doing fine with whatever is being described going on in Mathura or whatever other realm, but our main interest is Vrindavan, the Brajavav, what's going on with the Brajavasis. So Jiva Goswami sides with, with them, being himself one of them, 
especially in his Gopal shampoo, and continuously driving our attention back in that direction. So in his Gopal shampoo, he describes that in Braj, until this time that Krishna remained in Mathura, this Vasudev Krishna expansion, till that time Jasoda had not eaten at all, nor had her attendants as well. And the cowherds, how cowherds in Braj, they, they are described as being without means for, of staying alive. They were just surviving on this small hope, or strong hope, if you will, but that they have in Krishna's words, I will return. But as the days passed, they were more and more emaciated, if you will. So Jiva Goswami says, what can be said? All the animals in Braj and the forest wailed because of injury. Hmm? Due to withering of, the, of his mind, himself, Krishna stopped walking and remembered the predictions of Narad. Remember, Narad at one point visited hmm? Krishna and mentioned what's coming, gave a trailer of the whole Krishna Lila on earth, including Dwarka pastimes and so on. So Krishna remembered this and realized, yes, this is going to happen. So accepting Narada's words, the prediction, the, the duties of, the, of, of establishing Dharma, hmm? Dharma samstapanartya sambhavami yuge yuge, and so on. But during the, the separation from Braj, in that particular form, which was outside of Braj, what to speak of the form, I mean, he remains in Braj in another form, as we already will, as we will be explaining, but in whatever form goes out of Braj, for us Gaudias, Krishna is still experiencing something in that connection, in relation to Braj. And so he's hearing news from Braj, although Krishna is immature, his messengers are always coming and going, taking, bringing messages. So it is said that at this point, according to Jiva Goswami, Krishna thought, I must go to Braj urgently. So he went with Balaram, privately and frankly revealed his heart, tear, up, tear apart his chest and say, oh brother, please help me, assist me here in Mathura, cover my base here and I will go to Braj again. I cannot bear tolerating the condition of my Brajavas is there. So when Krishna expressed this, the news spread there in the area. So the Jadus heard about this, the plan was going on. So they commented to him. They commented that, uh, <clears throat> well, you killed Kamsa. So we could say, okay, you did your duty, you can go back. But actually there are some other demons, such as Jarasandha and others who had even a bigger army. And they are planning to attack maybe Mathura. So you should stay here to protect us. We are your family. You, you were out for so many years and we have gone through so much a dictatorship with comes and so many things. You have come here now, please protect us. So much danger is there. So Krishna thought, hmm, looking for us, Jarasandha and other demons will attack Braj if we go there. So they went to Nanda for advice to the elder of the community. So Nanda said, well, what to do, son? On one side, fear is arising in Mathura because of demons, possible attacking there. On other side, fear is arising in Braj because of possible separation from you, extended, further extended separation. So these two fears are there. And my mind is troubled. What to do? How to harmonize this? But eventually Nanda concludes, okay, Krishna, you, you have to stay, according to the official narrative of the Bhagavatam, of course. And but he immediately said, okay, you can stay, but I will stay also. <laughs> of course, he immediately in his psychology, I cannot bear being without you, so you can stay, okay, but I will stay. But Krishna said, no, you, you should go to Braj and take care of, of Maya on Yashoda, Yashodama. 
but just so that Nanda say, okay, I, I understand the point. We won't live just so that alone, but we can bring her close to you. We can bring her us here with with us. And Krishna said, but if you come here and just so that comes here, much so that comes, all Gokul will be destroyed because she's the very mother of all Gokul. If she's not there, everyone will be devastated. So Nanda say, then we will bring all of Gokul here. <laughs> That's how this ecology of Vrindavan works. They cannot conceive being without Krishna. We, we will make all the arrangements for being here with you, whatever. And that will be Vrindavan, basically. <laughs> A new Vrindavan. But Krishna will say at this point, you cannot bring all Vrindavan here because, okay, you may bring even the humans in Vrindavan, but what about our cows? Our community is a coward community and our cows have now become uncountable in numbers multiplying on a daily basis so will the groves in the city maintain them one thing is to have cows in the branch of forest but to bring all of them to a big city like matura they won't have enough pastures here there is some greenery here and there but not enough so i think we should do this arrangement until all the enemies are killed and i will return to braj krishna re-emphasizes his promise and when i return there i will not leave you anymore Basically, those are his words according to Sri Jiva. So, in this way, does Krishna Balaram get closer to Nanda and start to express gratitude for his paternal affection, including Jasoda in that gratefulness. Um, they tell him, you should return to Braj, take care of Ma, Jasoda, and we will go as soon as possible. Hmm? After giving some joy to our relatives here in Mathura, try to understand the situation, they never saw us, now we are here for the first time after all the things they had to go through. So the Bhagavatam mentions after this, so in this way Nanda accepts and goes back to Braj. And of course, in this connection we have to remember that the only reason why Jashoda allowed Krishna to go out of Braj is because Nanda promised, I will take him to Mathura and I will bring him back to Vrindavan. And that's only why Jashoda allowed, okay, let it be so, Tatashtu. But it is said that when Nanda Maharaj returned, now we will further explain this idea, he returned empty-handed. He was suffering so much. But, as this is mentioned, everyone in Brindavan was suffering so much because of not seeing Krishna. But when they saw the suffering of Nanda, they realized we won't blame him. He's suffering more than all of us put together because of his, he has failed to his promise, if you will. So it is said that Nanda came to Braj totally ashamed, embarrassed. Even it is said that his face was covered with a cloth, not wanted to, to be seen. And he directly went into his house, into his inner quarters. He fell to the ground and he started crying and crying and crying. That was his arrival to Braj. And again, the Brajabhasis, when they saw him at the distance, they were happy in the beginning because they thought Krishna is coming. Well, when they saw Krishna was not there, they were full of agony. Mm. Try to imagine the pain of all of them. Mm. Our, our Guru Maharaj will describe also the pain of the other ones, like the Gopas coming back with Nanda, that they had to deal with their own pain, and also they had, as we will see, to deal with the pain of other Brajabhasis by delivering letters and messages. We will see that eventually. Now, that may be the overt narrative of the Bhagavatam, but our Purvacharyas have shared very interesting insights in this regard, according to their rustic sensibilities, if you will. So let's try to discuss a little bit what they have said. For example, 
Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur in his Saratha Darshini, his famous commentary to the Bhagavatam. He will say that some experts in Rasa, and he himself is one of those actually, <laughs> who cannot tolerate even the slight decrease in Prem, they will object to this incident hmm, of Krishna staying away from Raj. They won't accept Krishna's going out, because as we mentioned, he doesn't put a step out of Raj in one sense, in, in the ultimate sense. So he says, it is clear for the literal meaning of this section that we have seen till now, this is unfavorable to Prem. If we take this literally and we conclude Krishna's out of Raj, Nanda Maharaj return empty-handed, and that's all, there's no other thing to add. Krishna left Raj, left the Brajavasis, that's not nourishing to the Braja Prem we want to, to develop. So, Vishwanath will say, even if in all the explanations given, Prem is not established in all the things we say, because there is separation of Nanda and Krishna. The idea of union is not overtly coming. So in this connection, Krishna, of course we could say Krishna is Bhagavan, his will is inscrutable, he can do whatever he likes, he may be able in that, following that logic, to abandon his father, stay in Mathura, do his whim, but even we could ask this, says Vishwanath, how could Nanda abandon Krishna in that case and go back to Braj? And of course we will have to ask, how can Krishna abandon Nanda? Because there's reciprocal dealings in love. But the point here is, the focus of Vishwanath is, how could Nanda Maharaj give up Krishna, who is millions of times more dear to him than his own life, his own life heirs? <clears throat> for everyone, not for Nanda Maharaj also. For every species of brush, not only, not even human, for the dust, for the cows, for the vines, for everyone. Krishna is the all in all for them. So why, going back to Nanda, why Vishwanath asked the questions, why did he not take up residence in the outskirts of brush, close to them and going there instead of returning to brush altogether? So and he adds to that. Furthermore, the reasons that Krishna and Balaram gave for staying in Mathura are weak. I'm not fully convinced about them says Vishwanath. They were only meant to pacify Nanda. Yes, some demons may be coming, but one could say, well, so many demons came to Braj and they, Krishna dealt with them. So, why he's presenting some, the same argument now, which shouldn't apply now, why? So, Vishwanath says, what they say was weak. Even Krishna and Balaram themselves were not fully convinced in their minds about what they were speaking, about their own arguments. <laughs> mm -hmm. But he says, of course, he quotes this famous section, in the Padma Purana, we have to go there in this case, that it is stated that after killing hmm, all the demons that he had to, up to Dantabakra, Krishna returned to Braj. So here starts all the Gaudiya uh, logic about how Krishna never left Braj, and even in the forms that he left, he returns. <laughs> so he, says, he quotes this evidence from the first cant of the Bhagavad, 11th chapter, 9th verse, but it's described the resonance of Dwarka speaking here. And they refer to Krishna in Dwarka saying, whenever you go to Mathura, Vrindavan, or other places to meet your friends and relatives, every moment of your absence seems like a million years. So according to Vishwanath, this is proof of, oh, being in Dwarka, he goes to Vrindavan. I'm just giving a brief recap and summary of his purpose to this section. It's quite elaborate. So, the conclusion of Vishwanath in this connection is by the po power of Jogamaya actually, what's going on? When Nanda Maharaj supposedly is returning to Braj empty-handed, actually what's happening here is 
it's one Nanda Maharaj separated from Krishna hmm, and went to Braj alone. While the other Nanda, hmm, here starts the, the thing to become Achintya, invisible to the, se- the first Nanda, remain in Krishna's association in Braj. Hmm. So in other words, he he's presenting the idea is simultaneously in Braj, there are these two Prakash, or these two windows. In one, overtly you will see separation, but in the other you will appreciate union, constant union. Hmm. So in this same way, Vishwanath extends the idea, of course, not only to Nanda, he will say all the Brajagopis, all the Brajagopas, all the animals, all the species in Braj expanded into two separate manifestations. One for union, hmm, one for separation. One set of, of these par- parshas was immersed in an ocean of suffering with Nanda in separation from Krishna. And the other set of associates was immersed in the, an ocean of bliss along with Krishna in association. Along with Nanda, sorry, in association with Krishna. Of course, both separation and union are blissful, ultimately. And Vishwanath said, both sets of associates existed simultaneously in Braj without seeing or contacting each other. That's, again, pretty mysterious, pretty esoteric. But that's eventually what we will see in a few lectures after this one when Uddhava goes to Vrindavan to send a message to the gopis. I briefly mentioned that. When Uddhava goes to Vrindavan, as we know, and he's witnessing hmm, uh, the supreme position of the Brajavasa Slava and Radha in particular, and so on. I won't enter into the detail again. But when he enters, he first sees a manifestation of Vrindavan in union with Krishna. Everyone is joyful, singing, everything is brilliant, as if Krishna is there, because he is. And suddenly, at one point, when he enters into Nandishwar, Nanda Maharaj's palace, he takes darshan of the manifestation of Rajin separation. Everything is dirt, dirty. Hmm? No, nobody's passing the broom. Everyone is lamenting, and the, the whole day, the whole night passes. Speaking with Nandan just so that he goes out the next day again. He has the darshan of union hmm? in Brindavan. So the idea for this hmm, is mentioned that like this to make known that the prema of the Brajavasis, which has Krishna his object, is permanent, is unchanging. It's constant. It's a constant state of association. That's why Krishna showed or allowed Al-Uddhav to see this. I am constantly in the mood of direct association with my Brajavasis. And of course, for the, for many other purposes, as we will continue seeing the other Prakashas there, separation. So it is said that when Uddhava first came to Braj, we will see he saw this too, basically. So this is the point of Vishwanath in this connection. Nanda is leaving empty-handed, Krishna remained in Mathura, and that has to do with the Viraha Prakash, with the window portal of separation, with so many things are to be learned from that. And so much union is in separation, because if you pay close attention to what's happening in that separation, they remain more and more absorbed in Krishna. So that's when we speak in terms of union in separation. But simultaneously there is this other Prakash where Krishna is never leaving Braj, all the Brajavasis are always there, constantly associating with him. So we have to further uh, practice and <laughs> acquire further insects in order to accommodate this in our hearts. So going back to the situation, let's go. Let's rewind for a minute the, nar- the narrative before Nanda leaves Mathura, the, that Nanda, <laughs> and go back to 
just before the point that they, Nanda is about to leave to brush with the Gopas. Hmm? So Gopal Shampu there will narrate that in this context Krishna wrote some letters for the Brajavasis and he sent them with Nanda and the Gopas for them. So first it is described he wrote a letter for Jashoda with his own hand, handwritten by him, and he gave the letter to Sridham. So what the letter did say? Basically in the letter Krishna was confirming, I'm always there with you. The letter was saying, on the first day there is rice with milk. On the second day there is roti with ghee, roti is chapati. The next day there is sweets, soaked in sweet milk. On the other days there are barish foods. Oh mother, you feed me all these foods in the large room and serve me also. Do not think this is a dream or a temporary appearance. Understand that it is actual. So you are not going mad, you are not hallucinating. This is not even a sporty, some manifestation of me for a moment, the temporary appearance. I'm permanently there with you. The strength of your prem does not allow me to go anywhere else. <laughs> I'm captured by that. Sri Krishna Karchini. So that's the, 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 the content in the letter to Yashoda, confirming Yashoda's experience in Braj. And then Krishna says, And my friends who are now with me here in Mathura, but are going back to Braj, and my cows who are in Braj, they will survive without me, quote-unquote, <laughs> through different spurtis or manifestations that they will have of me. Actually, it's not temporary appearance, as we will say. That's a constant association. And they will also be using my remnants, my prashadi clothes. So Krishna starts to wear, with that display of affection, he gave to Stoka Krishna, he gave to Subal, who were endowed with his own qualities, his clothing, his different ornaments, Gopa Besh, because in Mathura he is not wearing Gopa Besh. And all this clothing was filled with the scent of his limbs, the fragrance. So he started to do Sringar, to ornament all his Gopa friends and send them back as his representatives there. He gave him his flute, as we know, because Krishna is not so inspired Mathura and Dwarka to play his flute. He's in Braj. Actually, Krishna's playing his flute. It's mostly uh, his reply. Hmm? To, we would say that Krishna's flute is Anudipana for the devotees, but also Krishna's playing the flute is a reply of, is, is his response to the, the, the Udipana he's re receiving from the love of the Brajavasis. So since that love is not in Mathura, he's not re receiving that input, that inspiration, he's not reciprocating accordingly, basically, play by playing the flute. So he sends that back to Braj. Mm -hmm. And then, as we you know, we are, we have already spoken about how Krishna is dealing with his parents, his friends, cows, what about the gopis? Mm -hmm. What about the gopis? So it is said that Krishna revealed his shame, says Jiva Goswami later, and engaged Subal, of course, his most confidential Priyanarma Saka, Mm. And he sent some words for the gopis, handwritten words for the gopis through him. Mm. And in the in the letter, in brief, he was saying to uh, to them, "Yes, I gave you up, whose life heirs, following after me, left your bodies without a trace. Mm. So your body remains in Braj, but you are your pran, your life is whatever I am. I have no legitimacy. Mm. All friends, they're directing to the gopis, Hakis. Hear what I have to say." Mm. So Krishna says, your incomparable love, which breaks all conventions, ashames me. It makes me hide this body 
lacking such love as yours. Hmm? That's an important point of Gaudiya Sampradaya. Krishna is defeated by Prem, by love. That's the whole thing that gives rise to Mahaprabhu's appearance. Krishna wanted to taste the degree of that love he doesn't experience for his devotees on that level, as the gopis in particular, Radha more in particular. So Krishna continues in the letter saying, I'm so ashamed I'm hiding myself from you because you have so much love. I cannot reciprocate that. I, I, had, to, I had to hide. You have defeated me to such a degree. But I'm never far away at the same time. How can I hide? I may hide myself, but... And, and yes, I'm here in Mathura. How can I hide the fact that I'm obviously here in Mathura? So again, he's speaking <laughs> on different levels. He's apparently saying I'm in Mathura, but as you will see, he's saying something more. I'm here in Mathura. I cannot deny that, but actually a form like a shadow plays here. The real form plays in Bratch. So Krishna is again further and further pounding this post. I'm not... Ne I'm never leaving you. I'm never leaving Braj. I'm, I'm never leaving Brajavav. I'm always Brajavasi because your love is such. So whatever is here is a shadow-like expression of me. Hmm? Not the real self. <clears throat> some, <clears throat> some reflection. That's all. Hmm? And he ends the letter saying, when someone becomes completely absorbed in something, the person manifests his form in that absorbed state. He experiences that he is that manifested form. The shadow form is not like that. Hmm. And then, after that, he continues to mention to the gopis different moments in their daily separation of the gopis and what they were feeling for Krishna, how Krishna was there with them, confirming everything that we were experiencing, similar to what he did with Jashoda. Hmm. So in this way, hmm, the messages were written, were sent, and the point is that going back to the situation where Nanda Maharaj arrives to Braj with the Gopas, just so they realizes Krishna is not here. In this, again, bear in mind, the Biraha Prakash, the portal of separation. So, just so that was not able at all to, to bear, I mean, to, to accept that Krishna was not returning. And Nanda Maharaj didn't know how to deal with the situation, basically. Because at one point the friends had to say that. The friends were the ones who had that to say that to Yashoda when she was asking, where is my Lala? Where is Kaneya? She was looking, 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 looking. And they had to say to her that. So Nanda had someone at that point read the letter that Krishna wrote to her. Remember what he was saying there. First day you prefer this preparation and so on. So someone read the letter. Of course there was Yashoda, Nanda, the Gopas and many other Brajavasas as well. All of the branch, if you will, <laughs> listening to this letter sent by Krishna with deep longing. Mm -hmm. So the letter, it is said that the letter was read. All of them were standing there for a danda. Danda means 24 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's not because the reading lasted for 24 minutes. The reading, the reading was quick, but <clears throat> uh, but after that they remained in stamba, totally paralyzed. Jiva Goswami said, with hot and cold tears flowing from their eyes to their cheeks. So, everyone. What to speak of Jashoda, who was the main object of that letter. So, what, which was her experience? And so, we have to develop some empathy, some feeling for what are the Brajavas is feeling? How can I 
serve them? How can I connect with their emotion? That's the whole idea of this Nara Lila. What God's, God is getting so close to us in his form of Krishna, in the form of the emotions of the Brajabhas. And this process of speaking and hearing, Harikata, especially Brajakata, is very crucial to this Ragamark. So we should try to absorb and imbibe further Bhakti Samskars in this connection. So then Upananda started to speak. Upananda is Nanda Maharaj's uh, elder brother, so he started to speak soberly as an elder brother used to do. So he said, okay, so although we feel pain in separation from Krishna, that's undeniable, we cannot independently do anything else. I mean, we cannot go against his will. We must follow his advice. He gave some logic to the reasons as to why to stay there. Um, we know that from his childhood, Krishna was true to his word. He always protected all of Raj. So when they say this... <laughs> always they start to get immersed into remembering all the Leelas of Krishna. That's what happens in Braj. They say anything, and immediately that is kindling that Sanudipana for getting thrown into a pool of Leela Smaranam. He protected everyone. They start to mention this, this demon came and Krishna killed him in this way. We ne- because of him we neglected the sacrifice of Indra, and we have so many things coming on us, but Krishna left, left Govardhan and this happened. So what to speak now? Of now, he will protect us for sure. Rakshishyati <laughs> Bishwaso. So we have to continue with our lives somehow or other. We should get up, please, Vrindavan. Don't lament. Don't die. We should do as he instructed because he wanted that. We should follow his advice. We will have full trust. He will return. But Upananda also advised, as a sage, wise elder, which must dissipate his sorrow by quickly sending a secret letter to him. It's not only our sorrow, but his sorrow is reciprocal. As much as the Brajabhasa need to be saved, Krishna needs to be saved also in this particular manifestation of the Lila. So do not forget the two sides of the coin. So let's write a letter for him. So they asked Jashoda, please write a letter. So Jashoda wrote a letter. So what did the letter say according to Sri Jiva? O moon, moon in the ocean of Raj. As we know, poetically, the moon is thought to be to be born from the ocean. So you were born in Raj. The idea of Yashoda is, of course, you are ours. You are my son. <laughs> so, O moon in the ocean. You are there in Mathura and everyone is telling you, you are the Bakinanda and the son of Basudev. But you are the moon born in the ocean of Raj. You are ours. You are Brajabasi. You are Gopa. You are my Kanela, Yashoda Nandam. So all this implied with this very beginning of the letter. The, their, her mamata, her mindness, her, her possessiveness in transcendence for him. So, O moon in the ocean of Braj, all the people of Braj and your mother, who is the one writing, but she writes in third person, will follow the orders you have given. No one will delay. O Krishna, the beauty of your face is worth millions of our lives. But like implying, just in order to see that beauty again, we are able to die so many times and live so many times, but we will wait. We will wait. Somehow or other, we will wait. But our... So again, the beauty of your face is worth millions of our lives. But our desire to see your beauty with our unsteady eyes does not respect that order. So you gave the order. You gave us the orders. Stay in Braj, I will remain in Matura. Okay, we will try it. Our desire to see you is not respecting that order. (laughs) 
So this way Jashoda was expressing her heart in the letter. So regarding the gopis then, because remember the gopis' affairs with Krishna is uh, unofficially in, in the social dynamics of the Lila, this extramarital affair. So that was this was not the, the, the letter that Krishna sent to them was not read openly as it happened with Yashoda. So in this case, Subal met the gopis in a private assembly. He brought Krishna messages to different peoples in Braj, of course, but he didn't give the message to the gopis immediately because they, he saw, oh, they are quite emaciated, so weak because of the burning force fire of separation and crying so much as my Guru Maharaj will say poetically for putting off a, a forest fire you cannot call the firemen you need a torrential rain so they, the same, in the same way to putting off, for putting off a forest fire of Biparlamba of divine love in separation you need torrents of rain of transcendental lamentation so that was the condition of the Gobis when, when they got the news, Krishna has not come with Nanda. You can imagine. They were already thrown into such a forest fire. But now, after hearing Krishna has not come, you can imagine how the, the flames got in new heights. And it's this, the fire of separation of Radha is especially described. Hmm? It is said that Radha began to asking the trees about Krishna. She watched the path by which Krishna would arrive. But she was expecting the path that she, he left towards Mathura. She identified her own body with his in the context of pranay. She thought all things that were being said were false. She dismissed all at one point. All this different, like roller coaster of Sanchari Bab, different ecstatic emotion coming and going. She began at one point shouting. She started to wept uncontrollably. At other moment, she started to drool and lost, lose consciousness, fainting eventually. At one point she woke up and started to dance while laughing like a mad lady. <laughs> so if this was her condition, Subal was thinking, how can I give her this message? So I will wait for a moment so she can be pacified. So this all this is a trailer to what we will find in the Brahma Gita, which is Sri Radha express, exp expressing herself in Dibyan Mat, in Divine Madness. It is then described also Sri Radha saw a crow, a crow, crow flying from the east. So she asked, oh, maybe he's coming from Mathura, some news may be there. So eventually, after all this happened, Radha recomposed on some level. So she was gathered with her friends and she went to Subal, Krishna's friends, who came back and she, they knew. Subal came back. He's so close to Krishna and he's so close to us. He must have something to tell us in the context of Krishna, in the context of our love for him. So they saw Subal and they fainted, basically, with all the implications <laughs> that Subal's presence represented for them. Just seeing Subal and seeing all the possibilities that may be implied, they fainted and they remained unconscious to describe for a long time. Just by seeing Subal, what to speak about here in the letter. <laughs> so after some time they recovered consciousness, but but they could not recall what happened before. They were just like in a dizzy, transcendental dizzy state. And Subal had a letter, so they realized there is a message for us. Immediately they felt that. But they could not take the letter with the introduction because their eyes were, their eyes were blinded with tears, as we say, torrential rain. As Mahaprabhu would say, Chakshusapabrisaitam, Yugaitam Nimishina. In separation from you, Torrents are raining and pouring down. 
So they were not able to read anything. They were blinded by waterfalls, basically. So Subal was the one who read the message to them. So this he started to read, and the gopis started to listen to it attentively. We already mentioned which was the message that Krishna sent to the gopis. I am ashamed of my love for you. I'm hiding because of that. I cannot reciprocate. But actually, whatever stays here, the mature is a shadow, and I'm there with you in my real form, and so on. So, Subal read the letter to the gopis, and understanding their condition, he asked them for a reply. Would you like to send some reply to him? Of course, Subal is not going back to Mathura, but again, so many messengers are coming and going, in this case, secretly, to send messages from the gopis to Krishna, from Krishna to the gopis, and so on. So it is said that the gopis agreed to, to write the message. They filled the message with cheerful statements using their own handwriting as well. And they completed the letter. They put it in an envelope and they sent the message to Krishna. So what did the message say according to <clears throat> our poor Bacharyas? Basically there the gopis were saying, Oh Krishna, we are now meeting with you as you stated in your message. Remember Krishna was saying, I'm there with you. Whenever you felt this, I was there. So the gopis recognized, okay, that's that's something. <laughs> but the ru rumor that you will stay in Mathura is devouring us. Mm. And the response, the, the, the message of the gopis concluded with words, with some words from Radha's own sakis. Mm. Those who are swapaksha, who are really favorable to her and from her own group. So the gopis put there, Rather, Sakis, but in Mathura, you are in Mathura, right? Yes. So in Mathura, there are doctors as expert as Dambantari, which is Bhagavan's avatar for Ayurveda, great physician. So in Mathura, there are doctors as experts as Dambantari. So please inquire from them about the powerful medicine to counteract madness, epilepsy, and death. Like implying Sri Radha, our Swamini, she's going. Oh, through all those stages and separation from you. So please, you are in Mathura. You are that doctor, that expert doctor. So how to counteract that? Come back soon here. She's going through madness, epilepsy and death. It means Debian mad, divine madness, seizures, transcendental fainting, and pralai, death-like state. Of course, not literal death, but death-like state. So in different, along different scriptures, you can see this this. Painful condition is described so poetically, so sweetly, and as Lizzie Maharaj will say, there is the possibilities there to experience sweetness in pain. That's possible in particular context. A, a, a very beautiful example that comes to my mind also is mentioned in the Hamsa Dutta, which is a Dutta Kabyas, we will see. Dutta Kabyas, types of poetry written. It's a poetry which involves a messenger which has to do also with the Udab going to Vrindavan. There's another book written by Rupa Goswami called Udab Sandesh. We will quote from that eventually. But some other book written by Rupa Goswami is Hamsa Dutta, which is Hamsa means swan and Dutta means messenger. So this Hamsa Dutta has to do with Krishna being in Mathura. No? Udab Sandesh is Udab sending a message from Krishna to the Gopis in Braj. And Hamsa Dutta has to do with Krishna in Mathura and the Gopis in Braj. And Lalita Saki sending a message to Krishna Brach, who is Swan, messenger, describing Radha's condition. So in verse 76 of this Hamsadutta, Srila Rupa Goswami, in a very pitiful way, but of course beautiful and poetic, 
he's describing the condition of Sri Radha in, in divine separation, vipralamba, viraha. So again, this is a message that Lalita sent to Krishna through the swan to Mathura. So the verse says, try to follow the analogy and the idea, O Murari of Krishna, enemy of the Mura demon, through the outpour of tears from her eyes, she, which means Radha, she has produced a great new river in the covered billows of Braj. Through its waves, the newly, this newly formed river of her tears is putting even Jamuna to shame. Seeing all this, Jamuna's brother, which is Jamaraj, the god of death, has become angry upon Radha. Out of envy, he is disregarding her repeated prayers in which she is requesting him to put her to death. So it's again very, very incredibly beautiful conception that Sri Rupa is giving. Shirad is crying so much that the whole new river is there in Braj, which is even bigger than the Jamuna. So the Jamuna is put to shame. So who is Jamuna's brother? Jama. Jama and Jamuna. Jamaraj, who is the god of death. So Jamaraj didn't like that her sis his sister was put to shame. So now, since he's the god of death and Radha is petitioning him, made me, made me die, please, in separation from Krishna, he's not doing that. So that's the way, as Lalita is depicting, Radha is dying in separation from you. Come, sap as soon as possible. So, after this description of how these different letters were being delivered, coming and going, the messages, going back for a minute to Mathura, because we will be having these dynamics coming and going, in Mathura, it is mentioned, going back to the Bhagavad, how Basudev sends from Mathura a letter to Rohini, who is in Braj, so Rohini can go to Mathura to assist. Remember, Rohini is Basudeva's wife, but she was sent to Vrindavan eventually due to fear of Kamsa's reign at the moment. So Rohini was disturbed because he was in Braj, and of course, Krishna Balan were in Mathura. And his hus her husband was asking her, come here, please. So she on one side was thinking, I cannot deny myself to my husband, and I want to see Krishna and Balaram in Mathura, but her main concern was, how can I leave Jashoda here in Braj? Jashoda is my second half, basically. The two of them are the very epitome personification of the maternal Vatsalya Bhav of Braj. Hmm? Rohini's Balaram's mother. So seeing Rohini's disturbance, Jashoda, and understanding the situation, Jashoda told her. I think that the Creator has divided one body into you and me, one soul into you and me. I mean, we are the same person, with one life air in two bodies. So, therefore, the, let's not distinguish between, I mean, between you and me, because the, because of that, it's that we do not distinguish between the two sons. For you, Rohini, Krishna is your son as Baladev is. And for me, Balaram is my son as Krishna is. And that, what's, why that's happening? Because you and me, Rohini, you and me, are the same person. And for therefore, Krishna and Balaram are the same for us. So, oh, you mother of Balaram, if I cannot go, just so to say, to see them in Mathura due to my bad, bad luck, bad fortune, then you please go quickly and bring me to life. By going you, I am going there. You are non different from me. A form of abet conception in the Lila. And because of this, Rohini accepts and she goes to Mathura. And just so the sense with her variety of favorite foods, 
that she knows Krishna loves and clothing for Krishna and Balaram. So Rohini arrived in Mathura and Krishna and Balaram offered respects hmm, to her and met her, of course, affectionately. Offer respect on some formal level to in front of the Mathura basket, but in intimacy, big embrace was there. And Jasoda appeared there vividly, he described, immediately. She appeared in the mind not only of Krishna and Balaram, while seeing Rohini, but in the mind of Rohini as well. So Jasoda's words proved to be true. Hmm. So, Rohini is in Mathura, Krishna and Balaram is there, and Vasudeva and Devaki, and Krishna's par and Baladev's parents, basically in, in the Mathura Lila, they wanted Krishna to be a Yadu, to be part of their family, dynasty, blood, DNA, if you will, not a Gopa. That was their psychology. We are not to blame them for that, for sure. But the point that Krishna was in Mathura, in this expansion, but his mind was always distracted. He was there, but he was not there. He was not able to absorb himself in, in, in the royal issues that were expected from him. And that's why at this point of the Lila, and there we enter into the topic that gives name of this chapter, Vasudeva and Devaki decide, we will send Krishna Balaram to the Gurukul. So Krishna receives education, he receives another birth, he becomes a new person. So because before sending him to the Gurukul, Krishna is going through this ceremony known as Upanayana, Samskar, receiving Gayatri. So Vasudeva is organizing all this for Krishna and Balaram. So they receive Upanayana, Samskar from Gargamuni. And uh, it is said that, okay, that will be happening. But again, we have to go to the Braj consideration in all this. So what's the Braj consideration? Well, remember Sudama, the garland maker in Mathura, who was a close friend and devotee. Of Krishna and Balaran. So through Sudam, the garland maker, Krishna and Balaran sent a sweet letter to Nanda Maharaj concerning this news. So the letter basically said, O Father, Krishna is Balaran speaking to Nanda, O Father, again, you are our Pita, O Father, tomorrow in the morning the Yadus will accept us as their sons by the sacred threat ceremony. They will make us part of their clan, if you will, showing us to be Kshatriyas. You are part of our hmm, lineage. So Krishna is saying to Nanda Maharaj, I will accept this external show as a Kshatriya, but internally I am still a cowherd. So again, over and over again, we have this idea. Whatever is happening in Mathura and Dwarka is a facsimile. It's a shadow of what's really going on in the inner quarters of Krishna's heart. Internally, I'm a Gopa. That's my Abhiman, my ego, my sense of self. So Nanda, oh Nanda, Nanda Baba, do not lament that you will not be present at this at this ceremony because they knew Nanda would like to be here. In Mathura, I'm hiding my real nature for the benefits of the Yadus, who are also your friends. So please, what you have to do is the following. You perform the Upanayana Samskar, the Gayatri initiation ceremony for my Braj friends, my Gopas, my Sakas in Braj, who are my very form, and make my vow complete. If you do not do, do, not do that with my Brajabasis there, my vow is not complete here. <laughs> so again, we have to get a feeling for Krishna's feeling. So Nanda read this letter, and he concluded, okay, I, I understand the point. He, he had a heart for that. So therefore we will perform the ceremony here in Braj, using Krishna's friends as his representatives. They are one with Krishna internally, but they identify themselves otherwise externally. They are individuals, but in heart they are one. So the real success 
of the whole ceremony is taking place in brass. The real thing is taking always place in brass. <laughs> Whatever takes place outside of the brass, it's some semblance of the reality of the brass. So in this way, this happened. This ceremony was there. And after that, just preparing to enter into the Gurukul, as we mentioned, Krishna and Balaram, they accept in the context of Upanaya Samskar and as a preliminary bow to enter into the Gurukul, they accepted Brahmacharya, the bow of Brahmacharya. They became celibate students have, with their heads shaven, as we have seen some pictures of them. Krishna is a Brahmacharya, Surabhasana, when he says in Gopal Tapani. So they go <coughs> to the Gurukul, to the school of the Guru. Who is their Guru there? Sandipani Muni. They go incognito there. And it is said that Sandipani Muni is a Shaivarit. She is not a Vaishnava, as my Guru Maharaj will say, because no Vaishnava will accept to be Krishna's Guru. So Sandipani Muni appears in the Lila as a Shaivarit, and he is Krishna Balaram's Guru in the Guru Kul. So there is a very nice section because there Krishna and Balaram are teaching all of us. And please allow me some extra minutes today and maybe all next lectures. <laughs> this nice section is teaching us very nicely how to serve Sri Guru, how to be a good disciple, how to really give everything from us if we really want to be Sisya's disciple to Sri Guru and proper loving, intimate reciprocation, Vishrambhena Guru Siva. So it is said that Sandipani Muni correspondingly gave everything from himself, all the teachings. He t taught them all the Vedas, although, of course, we know Krishna is, he himself said, Vedanta Krit Chaham and so on. I'm to be known through the Vedas and so on. But there in the Lila he's learning the Vedas and all the different Vedangas and different branches of knowledge, Vedic knowledge. And it is said that both Krishna and Balaram understood them all in Shrutidar way, like by hearing only once. And they there is the description of different friends. They have other students with equal qualities in the Gurukul. But it is said that especially Krishna was attracted to one friend in the Gurukul. And again, we are being thrown again back to Braj. Because the friend was called Sridam Sharma. He was not a Brajavasi, but he had the same name as his dear friend in Braj, Sridam, Radha's brother. He reminded him of Radha very immediately. So he became favored to Krishna. Krishna became biased to him. <laughs> because his name resembled, oh, reminded him of Sridam, of Radha. Similarly, you know, sometimes the Acharya explained, <clears throat> again, from the Brajabhav, Gaudiya, Bhav perspective, why Krishna was so affectionate to Pandava Arjun? Because that name Arjun reminded Krishna of his friend Arjun, his Gopa friend in Braj. Why Krishna was so friendly to Sudama Vipra, the Brahman, or to Sudam, the garland maker? Because that reminded him of his friend Sudam Saka, Sudam Gopa in Braj. So, all these names, Sridam, Sudam, Arjuna, appear outside the brush in different personalities, and Krishna is seen to have close association with them. First and foremost, it is said, because of all of that represents some Udipana that reminds him about his friends in brush who had those same names. So over and over again, we see how very expertly our Acharyas are putting all the narrations of the Leelas outside of Raj in the context of Raj. That's the Gaudiya perspective. So, continuing this type of perspective, while staying in the Gurukul, again, Krishna will spend some time there with Balaram, and it is said that every night, every evening, before going to sleep, while lying in bed, Krishna will talk with Balaram about Braj. They were not able to hide that from themselves. 
he will say things like, Oh, brother, bye. I try to forget about brat as a way of saying because I'm tormented by separation from them. In order to forget topics about brat, I'm carefully recalling all the topics about the people of Mathura. But all of those topics from Mathura make me remember brat. <laughs> Somehow or other, whatever I think about something outside of brat always ended, ends in the converging point of brat. To say that, as we will see, whenever Krishna is in Mathura or Dwarka, He's always remembering and absorbing Braj, but whenever he's in Braj, he's never remembering Mathura Dwarka. So that shows the supremacy of the love there. So Krishna says that whatever I speak or think about Mathura makes me think about Braj. Here in the word mother, I think about Jashoda, not Devaki. Here in the word father, I only remember Nanda in Braj. I don't have a mind for others' father, ultimately. Here in the word friend, I can only think of my coward boyfriends. What should I do? How should I pass my time? So they, Krishna embraces Balaram, embracing each other. The two of them start to share tears and they fall asleep in this way. After crying and crying in separation from Brach, every single night this is happening. That's the way they are going to sleep. By thinking about them before going to sleep, and as we will see, also by dreaming about them during night. So it is said that eventually after sharing affectionate embraces and supporting each other and crying, Krishna and Balaram somehow fall asleep enter into Yoga Nitra. And the next day in the morning, <laughs> Krishna will wake up and this is an on, ongoing daily situation and he will say, oh, and he will start to consider, I have a dream, hmm? like the Rasa dance. Hmm? I saw, I was dreaming by being engaged in Rasa dance with my beloved gopis. But it was not a dream. Because my limbs, my bodily limbs are fragrant with the gopis' perfume, aroma. Oh, my brahmachari life is finished, Krishna said. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a brahmachari in Gurukula. I'm dreaming with ladies and dancing with them and having romantic interaction. I broke my brahmachari bra brahmacharya brata. <laughs> but actually Krishna then thought, but this was not intentional. Therefore, I have no fault. It was just a dream. Like if a brahmachari monk is dreaming and having some, whatever, dream concerned to romanticism, it was not his intention. It was there in the chitta that appeared. It was not purpose. So Krishna thought in the same way. Therefore, I have no fault. Actually, they were relieved from the fire of separation. I associated with my gopis in the dream. Actually, and actually Krishna reached the ultimate siddhanta here after presenting possible Vishaya, Purva Paksha, and so on, Sangati. <laughs> Siddhanta is actually serving these gopis who are my life. It's real Brahmacharya. It's not contrary to Brahmachari life. So, for that, of course, we need to go a little bit in detail. So, what's the meaning of Brahmacharya? So, let me share some brief words about this. Generally, the word Brahma in Brahmacharya, Brahma means the Veda, and Charya refers to conduct. So, Brahmacharya refers to the proper conduct for the study of the Veda. It has a lot to do to, with traditionally being in the Gurukul. So, traditionally, this such a code of behavior, studying in the Gurukul as a young student, included celibacy. Because, as we know, celibacy also enhances a lot concentration of the mind, which is a necessary requisite for studying the Veda, memorizing the mantras and so on. So, as a result of this, Celibacy eventually became a synonym for Brahmacharya. 
even though as we will see as we have seen it's not necessarily the case but also and here we go to Krishna's intent in his words brahmacharya can be also assigned an additional meaning the word brahma also denotes brahman the absolute reality and ultimately para brahman or bhagavan so consequently brahmacharya will mean imply Acharya means again conduct, proper conduct, the conduct that is suitable for attaining Bhagavan. And which is that conduct? Bhakti. So here we are seeing Krishna's bhakti for the gopis and the gopis' bhakti for Krishna in this dream about Rasalila. So Brahmacharya was not broken, but actually the, the very bow of Brahmacharya was strengthened, no? reinforced, upgraded. <laughs> so, and that's why over and over again it is saying the Vedas Krishna is a Brahmacharya. In this ultimate sense, Krishna is a brahmachari. The gopis are brahmacharis. <laughs> Even though externally it may seem exactly the opposite. So, eventually, and until now I have not yet spoken about the title of the chapter, which is Krishna rescues his teacher's song. So now we reach here finally to close our lecture. This is the very end of this chapter 45. So then it is narrated that in this context, as we will see Krishna and Balaram absorbed in the brach, they learn from Sandipani Muni the 64 arts that are described in the Vedas in 64 days, one art per day. And eventually their learning period ended and they offered the Guru Sandipani Muni the Guru Dakshina. That's classical after the Guru Kul period finishes. The students will offer the Guru, Guru Dakshina. Whatever you want, I will give you as a gift in reciprocation. What do you want, Guru Dev? So Sandipani Muni said, please bring my song my dead song back. He was dead. He, he died in the ocean at Prabhas. So it is said that at that point Krishna and Balan say, let be so. So they go into the ocean and the deity of the ocean receives them, offer pranam, and they ask for the killed, for the child. The ocean replies, an asura took him, the asura called Panchayanya. He told him, he's an asura with the form of a conch shell which actually the commentators say he was not an asura, he was behaving as such, but actually he was a, a devotee. So Krishna entered there to the ocean. He killed the demon, but he didn't find the, the kid, Sandipani's son. So eventually he went to the residence of Jamaraj. Again, Jamaraj appears here. And he was received by Jamaraj, one of the great Mahajans. And Krishna asked for the children, and he was there. So Jamaraj deliver the children and Krishna Balaram bring him back to Sandipani Muni. But he, they want to further reciprocate with him. So they ask him, what else do you want? Please ask for us something else. This is nothing. Please ask more. We want to give more. But Sandipani Muni replied at the end saying, with disciples as you, what else can a guru may wish? What else can I ask for? I mean, that's the greatest gift for a guru to have such disciple. As my Guru Maharaj will say, sometimes... Disciples are looking for guru, but gurus are looking for disciples, in the, in the proper sense of the term, not trying to gain followers and money, but for real disciples, for real people. That's a famous story when Sukadev leaps from the from the womb of his mother and into the forest, and Bias is running after him. He's not running after him because of material attachment. I want my son back, even though externally it may seem so. He's running after him because he knows Sukadev is a proper prospect. Uh, disciple. He, he has the capacity, the adhikar, to hear Bhagavad from me and to turn it into a higher new heights. So I want him back for that. So that where you find the example of the Guru running after looking for disciple. So Sandipani 
Muni expressed his gratitude in this way. I cannot ask anything else. I am fully satisfied with disciples of yours. And so we as disciples should endeavor in such a way <laughs> that we can obtain such grace from Sri Guru to make him her so satisfied with our sincere seva. So in this way, this section ends and, and, and Sandipani Muni sends Krishna and Balaram back home, home in the sense of Mathura, uh, and he blesses them and he starts to cry along with his wife because of Krishna Balaram leaving the Gurukul and starts to accompany them on the path, not being able to leave them, leave them, and eventually they continue their journey. So that's the end of this chapter, chapter 45, which is named after this last pastime we have shared. So thank you so much for your time, for your patience as usual. And uh, of course, we have some few minutes. So if you have any questions, as I always mention as well, Generally, we are inviting those who have Facebook and who are, who are part of our Tatpa Bibek forum to present any questions you may have there. But those who do not have, may share your questions now. So I have already gave the option if you would like to unmute yourself and present any questions you may have. thing that you mentioned, Maharaj, I mean, um, the one thing that I liked a lot was that uh, about Krishna being a brahmachari, I like the explanation you gave. That was really nice. I never thought of it like that. And also, um, from last week's class, I found out a little bit more about Kuvaliyapada. Do you want me to tell you it? Kuvaliyapada, the, the elephant? Yeah. Yes, yes, of course. Okay. Am I speaking too loud? No. Okay. All right, so... Um, Kuvaliyapida was a, he was the son of Bali in his past life. And I forget the name, his name, it started with an M. Which, and which, which Bali, sorry? The Bali of Bali Maharaj. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And um, the reason he became an elephant was because he went, he was going to see the deities and he knocked everybody over, like, get out of my way, get out of my way. And so a sage cursed him. You're going to act like an elephant, then you should become one. So he made him turn into an elephant, and he used to hide out in uh, hills of, I forgot what hills, but um, he was a very strong elephant, of course, and Jarasandha found him, and he wanted to capture him, and it took 100,000 elephants to tame him and bring him back. And... Um, Kamsa's daughters, let's see, Jarasandha's daughters married Kamsa. So Kamsa, and so Jarasandha wanted to give him a dowry, so he gave him the elephant, Kuvaliapada. And um, anyway, that's what I found out about him. <laughs> right, thanks for sharing. And we, we always see that there is some background story that reminds me also a little bit of the Gajendra story and the background from his previous life. So it's, it's yeah. Thank you so much. It's always nice to create further and further context and see how each Leela is related to other Leela from other era or whatever. So thanks for sharing. Something else? Any other question, commentary, further background story to expand the context of the narrative? <clears throat> Okay, it seems we have no more questions today. So hopefully you the ones who are not those the questions that are not being presented are the ones who will be presented 
in the Tat will be back form. I, 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 I wait for that, look forward for that. That will be a very healthy, interesting weekly interaction. So see you there. And of course, see you uh, tomorrow for our next uh, lecture of the series with Ashramaras and so on. So thank you very much for your participation. Shila Gurudev ki jai. Shriman Mahaprabhu ki jai. Shri Harinam Sankirtan ki jai. Grantara Shrimad Bhagavatan ki jai. Shri Brahma Gita ki jai. Gaur Bhaktavrind ki jai. Gaur Praman Haribo. <laughs>